0: A note on today's show. As I've said before, the expectation here is that if you're listening to the show, then you've likely seen the movie. Even with that in mind, I do think we sometimes talk about characters or scenes with little to no context. In today's episode, we mention a character named Ethan. He's not in the movie, but he's oft referenced. He's the youngest sibling of the sisters at the center of the film, Rachel and Kim. Ethan died in a tragic accident involving Kim. You might want to know that piece of information before jumping into this episode, especially if you haven't seen the movie. Also, the clips in this show are a little longer than usual due to the character PC quality of this movie. Let us know if that works for you. Enjoy the show.
1: Rachel,
0: Rachel,
1: Rachel, Rachel. Sydney, 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 Sydney. Rachel, Rachel. Sydney, Sydney. Rachel, Sydney, Rachel. Sydney, Rachel, Sydney. <laughs> Rachel. Sydney, <laughs> Sydney.
0: This is Film sub Welcome to the show. Today's conversation is centered around a movie called Rachel Getting Married. Once again, I am C.R. Gonzalez, and I'm sitting here with Patrick Kelly in my garage. Hi, Patrick. Hey, Patrick.
2: Caesar, how's it going?
0: <laughs> it's great, man. Um... Rachel Getting Married is a quarantine movie for me. Um, that might be a first for this um, show, definitely. This is a movie that I saw during quarantine on the recommendation for my fiance.
2: For the and first time?
0: For the first time, yeah. Oh, so okay. this is a very recent pick for me. Um, I'm going to admit this is a selfish pick. I love this movie. I do love this movie. But I've been in this 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 like this space in my head. Mm. Um, because as you know, I am getting married in... I don't know, five months. These are getting married. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be married. Um, what it means to like join a family, you know, on like yeah. b- both ends and the implications and just like this, this feeling that it's bringing out of me, you know? And, um, I, I think this movie is just like hit me at the right time. Like I just found me at the right time and I was watching it and I just understood the emotions and that maybe I wouldn't have understood a few years back. So.
2: Yeah. And I can see, I can see you <laughs> seeing this movie movie from that lens, you know, and, and seeing just like this, these families coming together and
0: yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, it's kind of a, it's, it's a process that, I mean, I mean like I think fraught is too strong a word, but I mean, it's, it's, it's complicated. It's a complicated Mm. thing. And, um, this movie is a complicated thing. I think this movie is a complicated thing to talk about. Probably. I was actually watching it again last night. My fiance stepped into the living room and she, she loves this movie. She recommended it to me, but, um, she, she was like watching it. She got stuck on it. She was about to go to bed, but she got stuck watching a couple scenes. She's like, How the fuck are you going to talk about this thing? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, This movie is so heavy. Like, you better watch out what you say. <laughs>
2: yeah, seriously. That's what I thought too when I was watching it. It's uh, so, this is a first time view for me as, you know, first impressions. Um, yeah, I'm really know, curious about that. Yeah, I, I had never seen it before. I, I didn't even really know the director that well. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Demi, I know him from Silence of the Lambs, but that's pretty much it. I've, yeah. I don't, I've never even seen Philadelphia. I've never seen Manchurian Candidate. I think those are his big things that he's, he's done that I'm aware of. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. Silence Um, of the Lambs being the biggest.
2: Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, first impressions for me. Um, it's, it's a, it's kind of hard to watch. Like most of, you know, like most of it's kind of hard to watch just because of the strife between the sisters and, 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 uh, um, and, and the dad and, and this family has just got problems, you know, and, and Kim's got problems. Uh, and like every time she like comes into a, uh, a situation. Uh-huh. It's like, Oh my God. Like what she's, what's she, she going to do? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I like, think that's what makes this movie really yeah. exciting. I think, um, it, it feels like an actor's movie. Mm-hmm. It feels like an opportunity for these actors to dig into these characters and the way they kind of bounce off each other. I think it's like a really juicy, just uh project for an actor to take on. Um, yeah. you can approach yeah. these things from so many angles and you see actors doing a lot of really interesting things, a lot of nuanced things and making, Uh, just choice after choice several times throughout this. It's so dynamic because you can go from like a high to a low in a single scene and it happens frequently, you know, it is a roller coaster.
2: Yeah. I I got like this manic feel from it, you know, like, um, yeah, like, and, and I'm thinking of, uh, uh, when when Kim and Rachel first meet again, uh-huh. you know, and and Rachel's yes. in her wedding dress, uh-huh. they get right into like the song and like yeah. and like very happy, <laughs> um, but uh, you know it turns on a dime. You know they they you know they get into some very dark dark stuff.
0: Yeah, which I think has like broader implications. I mean, you kind of see that come full circle toward the end,
2: but we'll get that to that a little later.
0: Um, did you like it?
2: (laughs) I liked it. Yeah. You know, like I, I didn't know if I liked it or not until maybe like three quarters of the way through. Yeah. I was was probably halfway through it and I was like, what's, this is hard. Like, this is really, like, I don't know about this. Uh, but I, I started liking it about three quarters of the way through. I,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know it's not an easy movie to watch. I've probably watched it like three times now and I know it's hard to watch and I know a lot of awful things happen and it seems like these are horrible characters, but watching it like maybe this third time. I, I just feel like this sense of optimism running through it.
2: Mm-hmm. I feel like and this. That, and that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we got to dig into that a little bit because we definitely yeah. will. Yeah.
0: And, I, I do feel it. And um, I think it's a couple thing. I think that's the message of the movie um, in a certain sense, maybe not. No, I do think that's the message of the, mo- of the movie. Yeah. Um, But let's start from the beginning. Let's like set the scene here. This movie is in 2008 in terms of, the American timeline. Uh, Let's get into some historical context. 2008. This is like a year after no country for old men. Um, Mm. I don't want to get too much into culture. I mean, historical context on this. Yeah. But just to say a few notes, 2008 might've felt like a more, I mean, it it might've felt like there might've been optimism in the air. I know that there was a lot of like, there was an optimistic feeling in general around like Obama getting elected and stuff. Mm. And I think this movie, I was, we were talking about this earlier, how this movie is kind of a promise of this multicultural future. You know, I think uh, Demi was like a very uh, politically savvy person and a, an idealistic person. Yeah. And, and I think, I think he was like sort of expanding on this dream of this multicultural future for America.
2: Yeah. And I, I think that's apparent from his, his earlier films too, you know, like silence of the lambs. Yes. Like very, very strong central female character. Yeah. Um, Philadelphia Manchurian candidate. Um and and but this is like a this is very different like what he's doing here with Rachel getting married. So it's it, a very it, different kind of movie. Y- yeah, I mean, it is very as, different. As far as like approach and like shots and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it's completely different. And now I'm not entirely familiar with the uh, Demi's like entire filmography. I do have favorites and I have seen a few. Um I'm mostly taking what is known as his later films. Mm-hmm. Um and that group of films, you can see him like very interested i'm not interested but i think he has like this idiosyncratic way of capturing capturing humanity mm. um whatever that means but i think his films have like a human humanistic feel like um he does stop making sense uh, from the talking heads uh music documentary oh yeah oh it's not a documentary it's a concert film um it's just straight up them playing but it's it's great it's one it's one of the good ones it's like one of the best ones i would say um silence of the lambs philadelphia something wild and then rachel getting married Um, those are the ones I'm familiar with. I have seen those and what Jonathan Demme was most noted for as a director in his style is the Demme up. And I don't know if you looked into this, but yeah,
2: yeah, I did. Yeah. So it's, and and I watched silence of the lambs again last night. Oh really? (laughs) uh, Just so that I could watch something else from him and he does it. It's constant. And and it's like, it's the character staring straight into the camera. Yes. You know, when it's, when it's just an exchange of dialogue. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They'll look directly into the camera. Um, once again I, I think that's probably like re- something really juicy for actors you know just yeah. like just giving that face you know um It
2: makes me uncomfortable. Th- like, does it? I, yeah. I'm like, "Oh my god, why are you looking at me?" Like- <laughs>
0: the same thing happens, I mean, it happens in Philadelphia too. Tom Hanks looks like he's I think it's probably like a, a when he's in court. Mm. Um he's like sitting on the stand and he looks directly into the camera. It's like it's very haunting. I think that this is often imitated. Mm. Almost never matched. I think the closest we get is probably uh, Barry Jenkins, um, director of Moonlight. I mean, I think, I think he he nails it and surpasses it. Um, but yeah. I think everyone knows that.
2: Yeah, and I was reading a, a slew of directors uh, saying that they'd been in, you know, uh, influenced yeah. by yeah. The, the demi close up. Yeah, right after like, he
0: died, I, I think like three films were dedicated to him. I think like Vox Lux from Brady Corbett, um, the remake of Suspiria from Luca, Luca Guadagnino, um, and, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Thread, all three of those movies were dedicated to him. And like, those are all
2: fucking great movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to throw it back to last week's episode, Wes Anderson has said he's been inspired by, uh, Demi's ups too. Yeah. You, and now he's, now that you hear it, like you kind of see it, like if you look at the Royal Tenenbaums and Uh, like Marco coming off the bus. Yeah. I can see that for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's a little more action in those shots than Demi would use, but Mm -hmm. I I can get definitely see the influence. Um, I I feel like, I feel like Wes Anderson is probably closer to the Coen's in that respect. The Mm. The Coen's always do that shot reverse shot in conversations where you just get like one character in the frame. Yeah. Um, That feels more Wes Anderson, but I mean, if he says he's influenced by him, (laughs) I'm going to believe him. Um, But I I get the understanding that Jonathan Demme has like, he has a profound understanding of what makes life worth living. Mm. And I know this is abstract, but like, that's the idea that I get from his movies that he just, he knows how to capture what makes life worth living. And I think that's what they mean by humanity. And it, it's almost like indefinable, but it's palpable in his movies. And I think this is all somehow connected to music because he loves music
2: in his movies. Yeah, he loves yeah. live music. He loves diegetic music and, in his and movies. Music is very meaningful in this in this movie.
0: This, yes, I want to talk there. about the music in this movie later. But before we get to that, let's talk about Jenny Lumet. I know you had a couple things to say about her.
2: Oh yeah, so uh, yeah, written by Jenny Lumet. I uh, think this is. Um, probably her most notable project. Uh, you mentioned she's, she's writing for TV now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I have seen uh, an interview um, with her and Demi um, and she had a couple of very interesting things to say about her screenplay. She, she seems like a very like kind of, kind of spiritual person. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, she took an intentional approach to write Ethan into the script as a ghost kind of. Yeah. Um, and, I think Demi picked up on that and and executed that well. I think there's several shots throughout the movie that you can kind of see through the eyes of a Ethan ghost, you know, like especially mm. um, especially the scene where uh Kim visits uh Ethan's room when she comes home. like when she comes back home, she goes into Ethan's room. Mm-hmm. and when she leaves Ethan's room, uh the camera follows her at the at like waist level in this very dark. Uh, very dark hallway in the house yeah. and it's like kind of shaking and yeah, and, like it would uh, be a child following her. Like, a ch- yeah. And it's, um, uh, you know, I, I, watched the movie twice after I had heard, uh, uh, Jenny Lumet, um, mention that in an in inter interview and, um, that scene, you know, it, it got like, heart pumping fast like I was like oh my god that's yeah that's kinda of freaky yeah like where is this shit about to go yeah, yeah. um <laughs> uh, but yeah and like and other things that that she mentioned um and and just kind of how well that how well this director executed her vision for you know for for the screenplay mm-hmm. um there that, that same scene where where Kim is in uh Ethan's room she looks out the window and there's a little boy chasing after a dog and oh yeah uh, yeah she comments like in that interview to demi i don't know if this is like the first time they ever mentioned it yeah or whatever she was like that's amazing that you did that that you know if things had been different in kim's life wow. this could have been ethan yeah across the lawn they hadn't talked and about it he just ha- did it it didn't seem that way in the interview that oh, they had talked wow. about that yeah. because um in fact demi didn't let lumen on the set Mm. Uh, because he didn't want to be influenced by her reactions of like what he's doing with her project, you know. Yeah. Um and uh Which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It, it
0: seems like his work would be very like almost I, I don't want to say fragile, but almost fragile in a way where yeah. like nobody else could touch it cuz he has such a singular vision. Yeah.
2: Yeah, F- fragile seems right. Like especially <laughs> with like the like the camera work and all that yeah. stuff in
0: Yeah, I mean it, it takes like uh, just this perfect like calibration mm-hmm. of so many things to get something like this right. Um, this movie feels like an accident. Like the fact that it was captured the way it, that it does, that it feels as real as it does. Yeah. And it feels like, it feels like you went to a wedding.
2: Yeah. And it, and it, it couldn't have been like engineered, you know, cause like it's, it's a room full of people. Yeah. Like every mate, every important scene is like a room full of people.
0: Yeah. I mean, but I, I feel like it, I mean, it, I mean, yes and no. Uh, Like, yeah, you you can't engineer, but that just speaks to the talent of this man. You know, Mm. he, he has this way of like capturing these moments or getting these things out of people. Um, even in something as like as Hollywood as something wild with Jeff Daniels, it's about like this really, like really like uptight businessman. Um, but there's just so many like really, poignant scenes you know and a lot of them have to do with music there's a scene where he does like a really goofy dance he's just like letting loose but yeah it just feels very human um so let's talk about what this movie is about and this movie i think is about so many things Mm. on a base level like the very base of this movie i think it's about family i think it's about the meeting and joining of two families it's about loss it's about recovery um it's about sisterhood, but I think what's most important about this movie is how it's made. Yeah. Um in terms of like uh directing, cinematography and writing. I think that's the most important part about this movie plus it's less sticky than talking about the plot and the problems yeah. of <laughs> these characters. Yeah. yeah it's how-
2: a less si- sticky situation. Um so you you're right. Yeah, like yeah. how it's made is is so important, like especially in the context of like Demi's career, yeah, it's a totally different. Yeah, this approach. is where
0: his this is where his style switches. He goes from this really controlled style with his really just um, immaculate close-ups to this handheld documentary style, mm-hmm. um, and yes that style lends itself to this movie, but also he sticks with that style even after this movie. So it wasn't, Oh, okay. It was yeah. just like, he was redefining himself in a sense. So yeah. Important in, in the career of Jonathan Demme. Um,
2: but yeah, it's more evidence to the fact that it's like intentional. It's like such an intentional choice for this, yeah. for this movie. And you know, obviously I guess later projects.
0: I think the simplest way to say what this movie is about and maybe even overly simplistic is to say, this is like, What happens when you throw a wrench in the family machine? Yeah. (laughs) And Kim's that wrench. Kim's the wrench. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously. um, And the performances here are probably the most important thing about it. Like, Kim is the wrench. Kim is so fucking prickly. I think what's happening here is that, like, she's like a bomb thrown into this. And the whole movie is about characters reacting to her. Um, The whole tone is about how people react to her. Um, What people do when she says something awkward are the way people make something that she says awkward, because you get characters doing shit that she would do and everyone's completely fine with it. But as soon as Kim does it, they're like, Oh, Oh shit. Like everyone gets very tense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what this movie is about. And it kind of goes into what you're saying is like, it's the tragedy in the room that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. You know, like nobody wants to talk about Ethan. Um, There's a few times where, um, and, and there's a really, there's a really great scene. It's the rehearsal. Uh, it's before the rehearsal dinner Mm -hmm. and there's a, there's a family friend that gets up and gets the mic. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's like the rehearsal ceremony. Yeah. Uh, family friend gets up and gets the mic and he's the first kind of person to mention Ethan's name, uh, not outside of Kim's, um, uh, narcotics anonymous meeting. Mm. Um, after that meeting it's like the first time in the room where everybody is together and somebody mentions Ethan's name. Yeah. Um, I, I read this, that, uh, Demi didn't tell the actors in the room that he was going to do this. <laughs> he he just said that, you know, in the script, it says the family friend gets up and tells a very moving toast yeah that's it um they, he didn't tell Anne Hathaway uh the dad Rachel didn't tell any of them that it was gonna be Ethan you know he's gonna say something about Ethan yeah um and so, so
0: part of the attention he captures is probably like confusion in a sense yeah like yeah. coming from the actors
2: right like, they're like oh, oh shit. yeah yeah so like you see their the look on their face it's like shock and then they like melt with like sadness.
0: And I think a lot of the tension and create attention and tone in this movie is created by the way you're giving information and the way it's given to you sort of like piecemeal. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but also very quickly, like the first scene with Kim and rehab, you get already a lot of information. Yeah. You get a lot. Yeah. You get that. She's, she's like antagonistic Mm -hmm. toward the other guy. She's like, just egging him on. You get that. She's been in some sort of accident because, like, oh, don't fucking crash your car or whatever. Oh, yeah.
2: And then you, you get that, um, like, she's a wrench. Like, How yeah, about when she goes to that meeting? When she comes back home, she goes to the meeting. Mm-hmm. She is a wrench in the works, right? Like, yeah. it's maybe immediately when she walks into the meeting, she, mm-hmm. like, knocks over a bunch of the folding chairs.
0: Yes, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she yeah. can't help us. Like, that's yeah. just the, the nature the nature of her. Yeah. Um, let's listen to her speech.
1: As more of you know than are likely to admit... One of the steps, actual steps, is about making amends. So I did a lot of apologizing to people, uh, who some of whom barely remembered me, most of whom barely remembered anything, and I apologized for, um, you know, like <laughs> bouncing a check or passing out in their bathtub, or flooding their house. And, um, you know, just basically for involving them in sordid activities that they were desperately trying to forget. I had to call this one girl who was, I, know, I think, 14. But she couldn't come to the phone, actually, because her mom had taken out a restraining order. but. <laughs> But anyway, so I I spent a lot of time. The point is I spent a lot of time apologizing to people who were pretty much perfect strangers. So I would very much like to take this opportunity to um, not only congratulate my extraordinary sister, the future explorer in Matters of the Mind, thank you very much, and her adorable impending husband on the occasion of their unprecedented nuptials, But also, uh, to apologize to said extraordinary sister, future explorer, Matters of the Mind, uh, for, what, I don't know, everything. (laughs) And I, I really mean that, Rach, you've, I've been a nightmare, you've been a saint, and I'm really just so damn glad to be here with you and and Sydney's family and our family and, and just everyone's together and I'm just, I'm just it's really great it's just so I am hereby uh, raising my seltzer <laughs> to my laudatory sister and herewith making amends.
0: So this is like a tightrope act of she she is not a likable character
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> in
0: a sense but I mean. She's, she's trying, like she is really trying to get better. She doesn't relapse in this movie. You know, she has, she's having a hard time. Like, a, you know, a, anyone would, Yeah, I think. And oh, of course. Yeah. And yeah. I think everyone's kind of like prickly in this movie. And like, I keep on saying prickly because the thing that comes to mind is like a fucking, like a, a porcupine or like right. a hedgehog or something. And <laughs> this reminds me, okay. So I was sent this video on YouTube and if you're listening right now, I encourage you to 100% like stop listening to this, whatever you're doing. If you're on the freeway, pull over and go on YouTube and type in porcupine hug. Oh, God. And and the first thing that comes up is a commercial and it's for a bank, which is fucking stupid. But... This is like the most emotional thing I've ever seen, and I think
2: it sums up this movie. In- is Kim just trying to go around like hug everyone, but they're all porcupines? Is, no, that, like, no. is that what you are getting at? No, oh. <laughs> if you
0: saw it, you would understand. Like, yeah, no,
2: I, I, I get like, I get that prickliness. You know, yeah, like everybody. Nobody wants to talk about this, you know, but it's on everybody's mind. Yeah. And not only is
0: like, they don't want to talk about Ethan. They don't want to talk about Kim. They almost don't want to acknowledge Kim. And it's very on the nose when she goes in and hugs her sister for the first time, she gets picked Oh, (laughs) by a pin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like I thought that was like kind of on the nose. Um, but yeah, there's like, a there's, there's this, um, like they're just both very hard to get along with. Like the right. sister keeps on holding this education over her head. Like, oh, I know more than you. But Kim's also like very intelligent.
2: Oh yeah, like and you heard it in the uh, in the speech. She's yeah. making references to you know, like like she's Shiva, the goddess of destruction, and stuff like that. And, yeah. Um. It's it's very clear. Like she's very very smart. And like um, in the beginning, she makes a reference to Hannibal, which is like uh. Um. I thought was a nod to uh, Silence of the Lambs but it wasn't it was a you know historical reference to <laughs> Hannibal the, the great general in uh, ancient times yeah
0: but um, i think the 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 family is like being very harsh toward her yeah. and and i think that's why this movie is ultimately optimistic like um this is the way families are this is just like a real portrait of a real family mm-hmm. nobody's perfect um people do say awkward things but in the in the end like it's all love um there's like a there's this dude who has a speech. Um, he's the drunk guy and he puts on the glasses to make his, his toast.
2: Oh yeah. I see the guy, uh, the guy with the tie that doesn't have a, he doesn't have a collar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: he's like wasted and he can't really say anything. um, mm. But he says, like, oh, like, this is all that matters. Like, fuck it. Like, destroying everything outside of this. But, like, you know, love.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, well, I have something to say about that character. Um, when, when Kim comes home, yeah, uh, she's walking through the house, and the camera's following her, right? Yeah. Um, that guy is at the kitchen table talking to somebody. Yeah. And he sees Kim walk past. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, sorry. I think I saw a ghost. <laughs> you know, like. It's like this ghost thing is is something she really writes in.
0: Yeah. The camera just kind of wanders throughout the house and, and it, that's what makes the party portion of this seem so realistic is that's how as like, you know, as a person wandering through a party, you just kind of duck into a room, you see who's there. Um, and you make note and this movie does that, you know, like it doesn't do like solid introductions to a lot of characters, but it makes notes like, on all of them. Like, and by the end, you feel like you're partying with all your friends. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I felt about the wedding, especially was, yeah. they probably didn't film a wedding scene. They, they just got a wedding together and it was like, Hey, party for a couple hours and we'll take some shots.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah everyone's getting down and dancing. I love yeah. like the live music in this. I think what I wanted to say about the music is that I don't know if this was the intended like uh, effect, but the fact that like Kim, just she attracts such drama in her in her life mm. that literally there's just like music. You oh, know like, yeah. like music just
2: follows
3: like
0: four string.
2: <laughs> like, yeah,
0: like or, yeah. built in drama into Street her quartet. life. Like this is yeah. like how destructive
2: and what a presence she is. Like literally there's just this music in her world that just like adds drama yeah. to everything. Um Yeah, and I mean, is there a significance that um so Sydney's in the music industry and Rachel and Kim's dad is in the music industry too? Like uh I, I feel like it's I think music is kind of the same thing to me anyway, that the music is the same thing as like the dishwasher because that's, that's the other way that, um, the dad and Sydney are superimposed. Yeah. Is they play that dishwasher game? Yeah, here it is.
0: Paul, you know, Paul was thinking about it and, uh, Actually, did some preliminary sketches. I'd love to show them to you. you uh, know, he's actually—he's not kidding about <laughs> but this. I think that if you move, you know, this. if you move things like the salad bowls on the upper tier, you
2: could probably okay. get about ten percent more stuff in the dishwasher. So, mm-hmm.
1: this is not good. It's not good. It's not good. good see it show
2: me how to load the
1: dishwasher. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just
2: showing you what's, how to do it right, Sydney. <laughs> oh. My good. future <laughs> son-in-law. You're a wonderful young man. You make a lot of money in this business and you're, the world is your oyster, but you, you don't know shit about loading a dishwasher. I love that scene. <laughs> did, did you pick up on the tension there a little bit where the dad was going to be like, you're going to teach me how to load the dishwasher? Okay, yeah, I thought it was going to turn this, into a fight.
0: This is the thing I'm talking about. Like if kim had been that confrontational with anybody like yeah. it would have been an issue people would have gotten awkward but everyone's right. able to laugh this off like
2: um but I mean, the the dad is like so he's got like the smile taped to his ears you know like he's yeah. just like walking through the movie just okay like, bill Irwin's okay. performance
0: as paul in this is is like so nuanced like yeah. i i he he's just like he, he's going through, like, so many things. Like, he just goes in and out of these moods. And, like, he's very tense and tight. Yeah. But, like, also at points he's, like, sort of assertive, you know. Um, he, he, he's just, like, a real person. Yeah, like he's, he feels like a real person, you know. Just, like, we, we go from here to there. And he he writes this line just, like, ever ever so slightly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah he's, yeah. like, moving in and out of things. But it, it always works. Like, he, he doesn't feel... I mean, he feels like one whole person. You know what I mean? He, it doesn't yeah. feel like he's, like, searching for his character. He does feel like one whole person. Um,
2: but he's, like, on the edge. Like, he's, you know, he's yeah. kind of, like, always on the edge. Yeah. yeah. He's
0: very tense. And <laughs> he does, like, these really goofy things. And he... Kim's talking about, like, how he's overbearing and he has no boundaries. Mm. And what I notice about the performance is... Um, he grabs everyone's face that he, he meets. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he, he just like keeps on doing that, and like right. he does it so much that it makes it kind of uncomfortable. And you get the idea, like, um, yeah, this man has no boundaries, and it's probably contributed to the way that Kim and Rachel interact right. with one another. You know.
2: Yeah, and uh, to to go back a little bit, like the the how the dad and Sydney. I think overlap in a couple of major ways uh in the movie and that, and that's what the dishwasher game and, and the fact they both work in music. Um, I think those two things, if you notice like the dad and Sydney stay out of the drama. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the times. Right. And I think what that is, is like the, the dishwasher and music and these are like the diversions, you know, like these are kind of, diversions that they're occupying themselves with so that they don't talk about the thing that's like really blowing up mm-hmm. the relationship between Rachel and Kim. Yeah. Um, and, and the mom, Abby, I think her name is for that matter too. Like, yeah. And, and we, you know, we could talk about Abby later cause like she's an interesting character, how she's like, she's on the, she might as well be on the moon, you know, like she's not, <laughs> like, she doesn't want any part of anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: I guess um, I, I guess I don't I, I guess I don't get the impression that they're trying to ignore anything. I get the impression that they know everything's going to be all right because love gets them through. Like when we first when Kim first sees Rachel, like Rachel's happy to see her, and it's not like she doesn't yeah. know who Kim is, or it's not like they don't have a tumultuous relationship already. She just welcomes her like openly, yeah. and they're ha- they are excited to see each other. And at the end of the movie, it's tied up in the exact same way where they embrace each other. Um, Rachel's like happier happy to welcome Kim into this very intimate moment where she's dancing with Sydney in the dark mm. and, and like they go in, they hug each other. Um,
2: yeah. And that's, so that's after the huge blow up with the mom, she comes back home. Yeah. She sees, you know, that she's been like through something. Mm-hmm. you know? Cause like uh, she like has the fist fight with her, like mm-hmm. her mom punches her and then like she uh, crashes into a rock in the forest. So she's all yeah messed up. So Rachel takes care of her puts her in the tub um do you see leonardo and rafael <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a really great a connection see. <laughs> yeah and remember going back and going back to teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> uh you thought that it was like a rafael was a junkie in the tub like getting you know and we right, got it we got our we scene got it. We got
0: it. <laughs> yeah i forgot to make a cormac reference here. i don't have one <laughs> yeah well, you know the night still young. You know? <laughs> but the way the camera just reacts to people um it's especially working off the emotions are just the actions of kim like when somebody has like a really like emotional or physical reaction to what kim says the camera is immediately in their face to get like their whole facial expression like the like the shoulders tense like the eye you know the uh, furrowed brow um yeah just like those smooshed face reactions that you get when kim does like anything basically anything like if when she speaks um yeah,
2: yeah, it, it, and you feel it too, as the as the audience. it's yeah. like, oh my god, she's taking the mic right now. I can't believe she's taking the mic. Yeah, I and, know what she's gonna do. She's gonna. Yeah, I
0: think this is especially a, a effective after the dishwasher loading scene, mm-hmm. um, because Paul, the father, he pulls Ethan's plate and he stares at it. Yeah, and everybody in the room knows what that means, and somehow it's Kim's fault. Like she couldn't have
2: known that right. shit was there. You know what I mean? And and I just think it plays into this. Like the dishwasher and the music being a diversion from the thing that everyone needs to talk about, right? Yeah. Because what destroys the dishwasher game, they fo- they see Ethan's plate.
0: Yeah. You know? And I mean, but but it, it's so sad that like she's the problem in that scene, and yeah. like she had no right. control over that. There's yeah, no she, way. She, yeah. Because
2: the dad is like, "Get me more plates," you know. Like I'm gonna one up this guy. Yeah. And she runs and gets some plates out of the cupboard and. Yeah, She didn't know that Ethan's plate was going to be in there. But
0: um, it shows you just how destructive her presence is, even when she doesn't mean to be. But not even how destructive she is, but the how destructive she feels. Yeah. Because um, yeah. she feels it, you know, and, and she's trying really hard to get clean. Um, but she just feels like she's a wrecking ball. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, like I think she feels that way. Yeah, uh, I mean, like wouldn't you though? Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But the like the family treats her that way and I don't think like it's entirely necessary through the whole movie, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's why
2: I, I think it's so complicated. It's right. so complicated
0: to talk about this movie. It really is. But I think that it's just like a real family. Mm.
2: Yeah. And um, that and that fight with them, like there's no cl- it's not clear, you know, like who's who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? You know, it's all it's just like kind of a tangled mess. And then like um that fight with uh Abby Kim, between Kim and and Abby like that's feels like the turning point in the movie to uh-huh. me yeah. where uh she gets into the fight uh with Abby um and i feel like it's it's after that that Rachel starts to show compassion towards Kim mm-hmm. and, you know uh, yeah i kind of feel like that's like Kim behaves differently after mm-hmm. that after that moment, you know, and I think part of that's like shame. Like she doesn't want to like talk to her mom again, Yeah, which is really, really sad. But, um, but yeah, it's, a, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think, um,
0: the, the way she like, <laughs> kind of like even her costume, the way she degrades, like she has this half <laughs> like done hair oh, yeah. and after she gets into the accident, like her face is all just like fucked up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like. That's what it takes for her to get sympathy, but I think mm. she deserves it all along. Like I said, I think this is an optimistic film, but you were saying that you think the most important part of this movie is the rehearsal with
2: the toasts. Um,
0: yeah. Do you want to yeah. talk a little more
2: about what's happening with those toasts? Yeah. Um, there was uh, yeah, we haven't mentioned this yet. Um, Emma's toast. Yes. So I think, uh, is that coming up? Let's do it.
3: Do you remember when I was teaching you how to drive in the Wagoneer and you sideswiped that taxi and knocked off his side mirror? No, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 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 I would like to share with everyone that Miss Rachel, before she had her license or knew anything about how to drive, managed to outmaneuver... An irate, screaming cab driver all the way across 96th Street to the East River, handily avoiding two EMT guys loading an old lady onto a uh. gurney or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then she got the number of one of the EMT guys and went out with him twice. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I did do. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, three, three
2: times.
3: Now. Hey, Rach, was that the guy with the peroxide hair? So, anyway, um, when the cab driver finally caught up with us, she talked him down from his Middle Eastern fury in like, Mahmoud, such a nice man. Um, In, like, you know, pretend Arabic, Farsi, Urdu, I don't know. And then she she uses his radio thing to call his dispatcher and recommend him for accommodation. She's so sweet. So... um, To a woman who can drive fast, pick up a paramedic, make up foreign languages, and still get you home in one piece. And Sydney, you're a lucky bastard.
0: What do you have to say about her? (laughs) Oh man, Uh, so (laughs) yeah, not a fan of Emma. Uh, No,
2: (laughs) I think she was, I think she was cast that way. Yeah, she
0: has that face. I hate to say
2: it. (laughs) Uh, The thing that jumps out at me about Emma's toast is, like, this is a story about a car accident that could have been way worse. Yeah, like, what was it that destroyed Kim's life? You know, and destroyed yeah. like everybody's lives yeah. in this family. And it was a car accident. And nobody
0: has a problem with her saying this or yeah. nobody reacts to that or even picks up on it.
2: Yeah. And it's like I see these two sisters. Yeah. You know, it's like for one, like she's getting married, like everything is working out for her, you know, like she's like the good sister. And Kim, like everything has like not worked out well for her. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like the the nugget of Emma's story that this is kind of revolving around a car accident that could have been way worse. You know, like, it's just like this circumstance and, and like you, it, what's funny is like it came through in the audio clip of like the ice clinking in Kim's glass because yeah. like the shots on her face yeah. right at that point. And like, you see how like, she's like sick of this, you know, She, she she's sick of this whole, uh, whole thing.
0: Like, yeah. There's yeah. a lot going on on the exterior, like, um, on the peripheral, peripheral, periphery of that conversation. Yeah. Or that conversation, but toast, um where she reveals that Rachel's moving to Hawaii and Kim was like Oh yeah. She's like mouthing like mouthing
2: it. You're
0: yeah. moving to Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's I don't know what she mouths back, but something like I thought you knew or something like that. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> like that. Yeah. I couldn't really make it out. But she, but even she goes, what? Like yeah. she mouths what <laughs> aside from that like just like the problematic nature of this character like emma she just feels problematic like that that story about like making up a language like, oh yeah like, <laughs> i can't even imagine what that sounded like or what was going on and like <laughs> made up farsi or, or yeah. <laughs> like like that, This that's like pretty cringy when you like <laughs> <laughs> jump into that. But also the fact that um, Rachel mentions that Emma designed her dress. So likely it's likely that like Emma mm. um, encouraged her to like take on this, like this Indian themed wedding. Cause oh, I, I yeah. don't think any, either the families are like Indian. You know?
2: Yeah, it's, That's the only like Indian thing about the movie is the wedding theme.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, it, like, basically I think, what well, what would i pull from that i don't know if you're supposed to pull it but what i like it, you know people are problematic when you perceive them as problematic yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. cuz nobody bats an eye at her um yeah, it's an interesting layer over, over <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i finally um well the last thing i wanted to talk about was the vow scene um is there anything you want to talk about before we get to that
2: um yeah so like while we're still on the rehearsal dinner um did you catch Sydney's mom um, saying, you know, she gets up and gives a toast. This is how it's in. This is how it is in heaven. Yeah, let's listen to that.
0: I prayed for you, Rachel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I prayed for you.
0: I knew you'd come. And here you are. And we are one, all of us. And this is how it is in heaven. Just
3: like this. And I'm so glad we're having a rehearsal on it now.
2: She's really sweet. Yeah, very sweet. Uh, I think it that speech just goes to Rachel in her circumstance in life and mm-hmm. Kim and her circumstance in life. At the when she says, "This is how is it how is how it is in heaven," mm-hmm. it's on Kim's face. You know, like you you know what Kim's going through at this point. <laughs> Like, this is not heaven. Like,
0: this is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the fact that we see this, like, so differently, is it's really funny. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what I get from that, it's like, it, like, heaven, in heaven, we're all together. You know, we yeah. coexist as, like, our separate selves. So, like.
2: I love that we see it differently. <laughs> yeah, that is really neat.
0: Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the fact that, like they can all coexist in heaven. Like people are who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but in heaven, we're just like, we're all together and, and it, like we're all joining. And I think this movie is about what a marriage means. And that's why, yeah. you know, it's been on my mind. And that's why I want to talk about this movie. I think this movie is about people joining, making compromises, uh, interacting, you know, um, it's about how complicated relationships can be. And we have to accept people for who they are. Um, not what we perceive them to be, but also you can't avoid perceptions. Um, you know, you're going to feel how you're going to feel, but I mean, it doesn't mean you you don't love someone. And I think this uh, family overall understands that they love each other. I don't get like, I don't ever get the impression that anyone's going to like get fucking booted out of this family or booted out of this house. They just have learned how to deal with with each other. And, like I think this is just like a portrait of a complicated family that loves each other. And and, I, and
2: that's a good point. Cause like they, they have some knockdown drag out fights. Yeah. You know, like the, the after um, they come home from the uh, getting the hair done for the wedding. Yeah. Like that's the, that's like the, the climax fight between uh, uh, Kim and Rachel. Yeah. Um, and, and the dad even shows, some emotion mm-hmm. in that scene too. Yeah. Um, And then you have the, the, the climactic fight between Kim and uh, the mom. Mm-hmm. Um, But there, I think to your point, I think, I think you're right. Like there, there is redemption afterwards. Like everyone seems to be okay. And, and like seems mm-hmm. to be, Um, getting back to like loving each other and stuff like that after, after the catastrophic (laughs) climactic fight. But, but I think it still kind of goes to like Kim, Kim is the wrecking ball, you know, like she is, she, she does come in and like, like you gotta, I don't know. She's the catalyst for the, like the explosion and you can only pick up the pieces after the explosion.
0: (laughs) Well, it all comes to a head when they finally get married at the end, which I think it's like probably the most beautiful thing in this
2: movie. Yeah. Yeah. what did you think about those wedding vows? I mean, I thought they were fucking amazing. Um, Very meaningful too. Yeah.
0: yeah, The, the way they just tell each other like so plainly that they love each other is really beautiful, but also um, the simple act of, uh, of Sydney singing. Like, Mm. like it's, it's almost like the simplest way to show someone that you love them. is. I don't know, like for him, it's singing because that's what he, he does. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just like this. It's this really simple gesture, um, but it, it's so powerful. Let's listen to that.
3: Um, Paul Buckman likes to say um, that the measure of a great life is not how well loved you are, but how well you love others. Sydney, you teach me that every day. You are just so full of grace. And I promise before God and these beautiful people that I will love you fiercely and sweetly. And I look forward to sharing that great life with you. Thank you for marrying me. <laughs>
0: All that I ever wanted was to just hear music. And when I met you, I heard you. And Rachel, you're the most beautiful thing I've
2: ever heard. And thank you for marrying me.
3: You're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she used to work in a diner. Never saw a woman
3: look finer.
0: I used to order just to watch her float across the floor. She grew up in a small town. Never put her roots down. Daddy always kept moving, so she did too. So that's Sydney played by Tunde Arabimpe and he's the lead singer of TV on the radio, which is a really great band. Um, but I was watching this last night. <laughs> I was, like, was just
2: bawling. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's, I think it's his, uh, wait, no, I, I, it might be Rachel's vow. I can't remember. Um, one of them says, you know, your life is not measured by how much love you receive, but yeah. how much you give to others. Yeah. Um,
0: I think she starts with that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That that's Rachel's vow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very fitting that mm-hmm. it's, you know, after, well, I guess it's before the wedding when she, she's like the one like showing affection to Kim, you know, it's, mm-hmm. she's not trying to get something from Kim or anything like that. Like Kim comes home and she's like beaten and bloody and yeah, she, gets her in the tub and cleans her up. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what that is. You know, it's like her showing love to, to Kim.
0: Yeah. In a really simple way, like yeah. bathing her. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think the message is that like, I mean, love is simple. You know, mm-hmm. people are complicated. Love is simple. And <laughs> I don't know if you see it that way, <laughs> <laughs> oh. but, um, that's what I think this movie is about. Um, is there anything you else want else? Anything else you wanted to talk about as far as scenes?
2: Um, as far as scenes, uh, how about the crash? The like crash. When, yeah, when she takes uh, when she, you know, she's leaving from her mom's house and yeah. she just deliberately like drives into the forest. It's really jarring into that boulder. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, but, um,
2: I don't know. Like, I remember the feeling. <laughs> like the feeling I got before she like, like, like. like The camera's shaky. She's agitated, you know, and it's like, you know, she's going to crash this car before it even becomes, you know, like before it becomes obvious that she's going to crash the car. (laughs) It's like you feel she's going to crash it.
0: I mean, yeah, you know, she's been pushed to the edge. I mean, I mean, she's vulnerable. Like, I do feel bad for her. Uh, I don't I don't think she's like. She is the wrecking ball, but she's not the villain in a way. I don't think there's like a villain here. She's not the villain, and I think that's that's the the the, like this camera style of this. Like, I don't think this movie is like taking any sides. Like, I don't think it's
2: it's like I don't think this movie looks down on Kim. Like, um, I think they want you to look down on her. Do you think like the first half of it or so? I think (laughs) they want you to. I think they want you to look down on her. Yeah, to like show like to. Hold the mirror up to you, like that, like, like. Hey, you look down on her. You, know, like, <laughs> you should have had some sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, like, you know, yeah. Like you're the dick now, yeah, right. <laughs> because it, I, I think the I don't know. I, I really like how the movie kind of makes you feel like everybody else in that room who like doesn't want Kim to pick up that microphone. Yeah, and make a toast.
0: Yeah, I mean, see, I feel like you're in Kim's shoes in that. Like, I feel like Mm. the movie is in Kim's shoes where she feels like everyone is, like, allergic to her or something, you know? Um, Yeah, like, I mean, regardless, you do feel that palpable tension in the room. I don't know which side of it you're supposed to be (laughs) If either, maybe you're just supposed to be in the room. But, um, yeah, I feel like. I feel like the characters are casting judgment on Kim, but mm-hmm. maybe we're not supposed to. Um, like when, what is it? Uh, Abby is Abby the new wife. Um, Abby's is the mom. The mom. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, the uh, the uh, Carol. Carol's Paul's new wife.
2: Oh, by the way, may is maybe too soon for the outliers, but she's in the West Wing. She's like the, uh, um, what is she? She's like the NSA. She's like the head of the NSA oh, the West Wing. I got another yeah. good one after this.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Carol says uh, nobody can make you feel or don't oh, make you yeah. make you feel anyway unless you let them. Which I th- I don't think that's true.
2: That's bad advice. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. But like the way she says it, she says it's very matter of factly. But like yeah. what? Like I don't think the camera like like just the way she shot in that like. It's Like, oh, disregard that, Kim. <laughs> you should be a robot, yeah, unaffected yeah. by any other, yeah, exactly. Like, clearly, opinion of you. yeah, like clearly bad advice. Um, but like, that's supposed to be the adult in the room or something, you know. I yeah. think just the way those scenes are set up makes me think that you're not really supposed to take sides in this. Like, I don't think Rachel is like the most delicate person. Like, when she grabs that book and looks up the definition, um, for whatever, you know, like, yeah, that that's.
2: That was unnecessary. That's not cool. Like, yeah, you don't need to do that yeah, in this situation. Yeah,
0: I mean, the way the dad is, like, like crossing everyone's boundaries, like, the way, like, people can just, like, get drunk and say shit, uh, and, and nobody has a terrible reaction, you know, um, or, like, you know, how they were being so confrontational in the dishwashing scene and nobody, like, felt the need to, like, pull them away from each other. They just laughed about it and it turned into a game in a really dynamic scene. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean these people are casting judgment on Kim you <laughs> yeah. know? and I think we're supposed to be able to feel sympathy for her the whole way.
2: I mean, at least that's the way I see it. Um, I, I, I got onto team Kim about halfway through the movie.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think <laughs> at some point you do. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I see that too, but I had two stray observations and one is in the very first scene, the guy who's like taunting her in rehab. Do you know who that is? Hmm.
2: Oh, In in rehab. Oh, uh, I remember recognizing him, but I'm forgetting his face now.
0: He's Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, was it Luke Skywalker? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Sebastian Stan. Yeah, yeah. I was, um, and I was like, that must
2: oh. have been one of his first things. Yeah,
0: he looks really young. He looks really yeah. different. He has that crazy hair. I thought he was somebody else from like a '90s show or something. But no, that's Sebastian Stan. And another thing that I found was uh, that Bill Irwin, Bill Irwin, who plays Paul the dad um he was a clown he was a professional clown and he's giving credit for like the renaissance of circuses really
2: yeah the renaissance of circuses yeah he brought them like he
0: brought them back like he made circuses a thing again wow (laughs) yeah i think that's great because he's like a really talented actor but also an impressive clown
2: i'm sure it takes a huge amount of talent to be a clown
0: yeah i mean clown classes are a thing for actors especially
2: if you're going to Bring it back. I'm going to bring circuses back. Like, <laughs> you yeah. better be good.
0: Um, but yeah, is there anything
2: else? Um, at the wedding, I think Jenny Lumet's in the audience. Oh, really? At, yeah. Um, I remember seeing somebody who was so w- a lot like She was on Jenny. set for at least. For at least that scene. For at least a day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for at least that one. But uh, um, yeah,
0: I think that wraps it up.
2: Yeah, I highly recommend this movie. Everyone should go see it. Yeah. I mean, you should have seen it before you listened to this. (laughs) You wouldn't know what the hell we were talking about. Well, thanks for getting on board. We'll see you next
0: time.
1: See ya. What can I get for you, Kimmy? Actually, I'm late for a meeting, and I have to pee into a cup and register as a general biohazard.
0: Okay, I'll drive you, honey. That was our talk about Rachel getting married. Thank you for listening. I am Cesar Gonzalez. The other voice you heard today was Patrick Kelly, as always. Rachel Getting Married does touch on several sensitive subjects, but we didn't want that to keep us from celebrating this film, so we did leave a lot of information regarding plot and character on the table that was by design. I hope you enjoyed. Next week, we're talking about Terminator 2. Judgment Day. Music at the top, and what you're listening to now, was written and recorded by Randy Flores a very good friend of the show a very talented musician you can just ride that out now we'll see you next time